All right, what's going on, guys? My name is Mateo. Welcome back. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about Haven today. Uh, it's a little bit late, and so I wanted to get this out there before I went on the trip. Uh, but I owed a video to the Haven Mavens, which is what I came up with to call you guys. So I'm always trying to come up with something enticing. Marketing's important, right? But uh, today we're going to talk about ThorChain. We're going to talk about Haven, uh, the new regulations coming down upon stablecoins. And I've I've not done a deep dive into Tether. Uh, I've heard so many rumors about Tether. I I've just not been interested to look into it. I've looked into it a little bit. We're going to overlay uh, the video with some info about that. Um, let me know what you guys think. I mean, I think it's an interesting theory that Tether has been propped up uh, to make the Bitcoin rally as violent and strong as it has been. I mean, it's an interesting theory. I can't really subscribe to it because I don't know enough about it. I don't know if, but enough about stablecoins in general. I just know that in regards to USDC, uh, that's backed by Circle, and Circle is backed by some pretty nefarious creatures uh, from the you know global history house of horror is what we call them. Uh, we've talked about that with the Money Today show, um, and we've talked about that also in the MasterCard video, the original one, and some other places. But uh, ultimately, I'm skeptical of these stable coins and i think that what haven is doing with their private stable coins and the decentralized nature of it especially integrated into thorchain and soon likely to be integrated into haven or haveno <laughs> i'm going to get that confused which is the private decentralized peer-to-peer -peer decks that monero is working on there's incredible potential for this project and i really am excited to talk about it and i'm excited to see what's coming with haven 2.0 uh, which is to be out soon i think and if you want to get more information on Haven, how it works, go check out the interview that we did with Hawk from the Haven team. He provided us a great DL as to what the project is about, the technicals behind it, and the potential of it. And I think that you'll see a lot of value there. So go check that out. We're going to start here talking about the SEC um, kind of taking over the regulation of stablecoins. And... This is a newer development. A lot of this happened as a result of Tether uh, being found guilty of falsely um, claiming they had enough money to back as a reserve the Tether that they had outstanding. And if you look at a chart of the Tether supply, I mean, at one point it was just going exponential. And a lot of people started to question if they actually had that much Tether or excuse me, that much in reserves to back up the tether that they had had um, and the tether that they're issuing. So this is from Zero Hedge. We'll read a little bit here. Um, tether paid a $41 million penalty after the CFTC found the company had falsely claimed it had inadequate dollars uh, to back its tokens. So um, that's interesting. And I we're going to get to a... Uh, circle graph that shows what Tether purportedly had to back up um, its reserves. It wasn't all in dollars. It wasn't like, you know, actual U.S. dollars. It was like commercial paper. It was some other assets as well. And a lot of people were concerned because people had speculated uh, that a lot of the paper was tied to Chinese <laughs> real estate. And uh, I still don't know if that's the case. If that is the case, then Tether is going to be in trouble. Uh, and perhaps Bitcoin's going to be in trouble. I mean, there are some people out there like Mr. Whale who are like perma-bullish on Bitcoin. I don't know why. I, I mean, I'm bullish. On, I'm bearish on Bitcoin. Did I say bullish? I mean bearish. I'm bearish on Bitcoin, but <laughs> like not as bearish as this dude. Uh, but he's concerned that 
Bitcoin could crash as a result of uh, this Tether problem. But nevertheless, um, it looks like the SEC has won the battle uh, of the regulars to move ahead as the main watchdog over stable coins. And the SEC is led by Gary Gensler, and he doesn't have too much of an antagonistic view against crypto as far as what I've heard. But it could be that, you know, the likes of Janet Yellen could pressure him to uh, maybe think differently about that. Because the Federal Reserve is talking quite negatively about stablecoins. They are very much wanting to regulate that. And stablecoins are going to be a competitor to the central bank digital currency. And so that's worthy to note. Um, and Janet Yellen, of course, has been on the opposite side of every bullish crypto issue. We were just talking about that today. Uh, with Janet Yellen supporting unrealized capital gains taxes. And she also supported the language that was in the bill a couple months ago that everybody's freaking out about that would turn node operators and miners and et cetera into brokers. She was like, yeah, let's keep it ambiguous so that we could go after whoever in the crypto industry, right? Very antagonistic to crypto. So who knows how much the Fed and the Treasury could have over Gary Gensler. Just something to consider. But uh, it says here... Bloomberg reports the Treasury Department and other agencies will specify in a highly anticipated report uh, expected to be published this week that the SEC has significant authority over tokens like Tether. People said familiar with the matter. So as we just said, uh, Janet Yellen is the head of the Treasury Department, so who knows what's going to be going on with that. Um, the report also uh, the report will also urge Congress to pass legislation specifying coins should be regulated similar to bank deposits. And from what I understand, this could lead to them being regulated as securities. At least I saw that in one particular article that I read. Um, it says, The revisions will make clear that the government will take an active role in regulating stablecoins, even as it waits for longer-term plans to be implemented. And some people think that these regulations are going to take years to enact and to put into place and also to enforce. Who knows how much development there's going to be in crypto by then. Um, so, you know, that's just something to consider. And then in regards to Tether, um, this is going to make the private stable coins that Haven is working on look really, really good because the way that Haven works, just as an aside, it's not based on a treasury reserve system. It's based on a mint and burn system. So how you get these X assets like X US dollar, which is the private US dollar and X euro, X yen, etc., is you burn Haven, which is the coin um, that the Haven protocol issues. It's not so much an issue as they just have it. And what they do is it's a mint and burn. So you burn the Haven into um, the X asset and goodness, uh, coin market cap, where is it? So you have the circulating supply here of 14 million Haven. And this supply is not fixed. It uh, It's totally um, based on how much demand there is for X assets and how much demand there is to get out of X assets to get into Haven to then go into another crypto. Um, now, I did ask Hawk because you probably just thought to yourself, well, what's going to be the point of having Haven if you just have the X assets out there? And... His answer was something along the lines of, well, you're going to need to 
get into Haven in order to redeem the X asset for whatever it's worth at the time. And, you know, based on what the reserve currency is that everybody is using, the most liquid currency, you're going to be able to easily switch from that X asset into Haven without going to the market and paying premiums and doing stuff like that. Um, so that's one way to look at that. He goes to more detail. Go check out the interview. But it's a different system than a reserve system, which is what you saw in Tether, uh, which is very centralized and which leads to issues. And one of the reasons decentralization leads to issues is not only because you don't know how much is backing up the Tether that's being issued, but they can freeze the assets. So <laughs> this is from the D. DeFi hack, I don't know if you guys recall the hack that happened a few months ago on the Poly Network, but the hacker stole a lot of uh, Tether, and they have a built-in failsafe to freeze assets on Tether. So they could freeze your assets, um, which is unbelievable to me. So that is something to absolutely note, because if they can freeze your assets, that is... First off, that's probably very, uh, that's telling for perhaps where the central bank digital currency could take us. They could just freeze your assets if you do something wrong. Um, just like, you know, you have a bank account get frozen or whatever. They could just freeze it in your central bank digital currency sponsored wallet. But uh, the fact that Tether could do this and maybe some other centralized coins like USDC, uh, they could maybe do this. That is something else. I've been trying to look for more information on that, but I do recall that's something that did happen. So that's something to note as well. That's not something that could happen with the private uh, uh, stable coins. But check this out. We were just talking about Gary Gensler, uh, the SEC. And by the way, this is CNBC, if I didn't make that clear. Um, and sorry, my computer is very slow. I'm running out of memory. Uh what stablecoins might become. This is by Bennett Tomlin from NASDAQ. So these guys, you could imagine, have an inside scoop. But it says right here, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission Chairman Gary Gensler has suggested that stable value coins may be securities. Um, it seems clear that he is trying to tie them to stable value funds, a fund de a design that the SEC already claims jurisdiction over. If stablecoins are at least stablecoins backed by non-cash assets, which... In the case of Tether, it wasn't a non-cashed, uh, it, it wasn't a cashed-backed program. It, it was backed by commercial paper, it was backed by all the stuff, which we're about to get to, uh, are securities, and they will no longer be useful for the things that they are now. Uh, it would seem unlikely that they would be able to continue to move and trade unimpeded across censorship-resistant global networks. So that's going to lead to liquidity problems. Um so let me just read that again. That's really key. It seems unlikely that these stable coins regulated by the SEC, who is now taking over control of the stable coin uh, regulatory initiative. NASDAQ is here saying it seems unlikely that they would be able to continue to move and trade unimpeded um, in global networks. So that's their words. I'll have you guys interpret that however it is you want to do that. But I found that to be insightful as well so this is from the crypto well and he retweeted he retweeted a video of 
uh, Jordan Belfort from The Wolf on Wall Street. Um, unfortunately, Margot Robbie is not in this video, but uh, here he is talking about Tether and the fraud behind it. And so I thought, I thought this was interesting. Check this out. I think Tether is, was heavily manipulated and was the cause of Bitcoin rising to an unrealistic number of 20,000 because it was, it was massive fraud in Tether and Tether was being artificially manipulated. They were issuing phony Tether because there is no transparency in Tether. That's the problem is they were issuing Tether in whenever it was needed out of thin air. It was not backed by dollars. And I think it's under investigation right now by the U.S. Attorney's Office for there's a massive fraud in Tether that and it was directly related to causing Bitcoin to rise to 20,000 because all of a sudden whenever Tether was needed, it, missed, it just magically appeared in massive quantities to offset selling pressure in Bitcoin. So to me, Tether was a disaster because Tether caused Bitcoin to rise up to a level it should have never been at, causing people to lose vast sums of money and rich others. But yeah, I get it. I, I get definitely it. had, uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings uh, around how Tether has been managed going forward. I think the, uh, the, the lack of transparency in an industry that is fundamentally philosophically built around this concept of transparency. Um, and so what they did is instead of being one-to-one -one backed, they loaned themselves, they borrowed money from Tether to one to of their- To buy more colleagues. Tether, I get it, I get it. Without, without notifying fraud. anyone, and I think that was a huge- uh, I, Total I, fraud. I disagree with what was done there, um, but I think at its um, lowest point, it was roughly 70% backed. 70% backed is better than anything that you'd see in, a, in the bank. So from what I read, uh, they determined that it was about 27% backed. Now, it doesn't make it much better. Um, what we're about to get to calculated, they're 3% backed. Or I think what I read was they're backed 27% of the time, which is different than saying they were 27% backed. But, uh, yeah, they weren't fully backed at all. Banking system, right? But, but, but with the banking system, you know it's fractional. Tether was supposed to be one-to-one. -one. Uh, you know, that would be a different thing. The fact that— But it was being specifically used to manipulate Bitcoin, Right. Then the second the second point was in terms of the manipulation, I've not seen anything that makes me certain that that is true, but I believe it's certainly. Oh, man, that language, you know, somebody's lying when they're like, I have not certainly seen this. It could have happened. It may have happened. Even if it happened right in front of my face, it might have not happened that way in front of my face. My face may not even be my face. It's possible. <laughs> right. So, I mean, he's probably lying. Yeah. But check it out. Um, we're going to go to the Gold Telegraph now. They've got some interesting commentary, but uh, we're going to quickly run through this. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the Tether thing. I'm not that familiar, so I thought this was interesting. And all the stuff going on with Tether, all the stuff going on with these other stable coins, again, I think that this makes private stable coins like X XUSD, XYN, XU, uh, or do they have Yuan? Do you guys have Yuan? I'm not sure, but you guys have a lot of X assets. And it's not just going to be stable coins, by the way. It's going to be gold, silver, uh, Bitcoin. And given everything going on with unrealized capital gains taxes, which we talked about to get, yeah, like X Bitcoin, X other cryptos and assets is going to be like so important. So Haven's going to be doing really, really well. So check it out. Um, they use the big short scene to describe Tether. Uh, and this is still pinned to the website. And Mr. Whale posted this today. Now, I'm not sure why we're still talking about tether being a fraud if the sec is now 
or the CFTC determined them to be guilty. Um, this happened a few days ago. Is there still an issue with this? Is there still an outstanding concern? I'm not familiar with the reason there should be. Perhaps there is. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, but check out this right here. Um, they say that, however, according to disclosure, it's only backed by about four percent cash. Four percent cash, which out of seventy-five percent is two point nine percent. So they're three percent funded, I believe, is what he's saying. Um, so check this out right here. You'll see that sixty-five percent of all their funding going into that 75% uh, share piece of the pie is commercial paper. Now, I'd like to know where that commercial paper is from. There's a lot of speculation that it's in Chinese real estate. Now, it yields high, but it yields high because it's incredibly risky, as we have seen with Evergrande and everything going on over there. Um, so I'm very curious about this number, the 66%. Because uh, that sounds like it makes up a significant amount of the reserves backed by Tether. And if there's a problem with the corporations which are uh, issuing that paper, there could be a big problem with Tether. So that's just something I want to note there. That seems rather concerning. And, um, yeah, look how much Tether makes up of the stablecoin market right here. A significant amount. It's dropping, though. Um, USD seems to be taking more position and look how much market share there is for Haven to get in on, uh, the X US dollar. It's going to be crazy. Um, as of now, 60% of the stable coins in the world are USDT, which is tether. <clears throat> so that is interesting. And it's the third largest cryptocurrency in the world as far as market cap. So that's a lot. Do they have $62 billion backing uh, Tether on the reserves? Where did they get that money? <laughs> Where did this company get this money? Just my question. I mean, they could have it, but... So check it out. Now they're at $70 billion. Apparently, it's one-to-one. -one. They have $70 billion in the vault somewhere backing this stuff up. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, we have no idea. But Haven is going to not operate on that level. It's going to be a mint and burn system. So there's intrinsically in the code going to be none of this funny stuff which I just have to throw in a disclaimer hopefully Haven 2.0 comes out uh, as strong as intended they have a lot of auditors working on the code respected developers who are overlooking many things trying to attack it from every which angle to make sure it's resilient because uh, they did have an issue back in I believe June and you know might have not been a bad dip to buy Went down, I think, like $2. And so now it's up at 8 A good 400% return from there. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people freaked out because there was an inflation problem within the code. And um, that definitely made a problem. So just wanted to point that out. So Tether is heavily concentrated in ownership. Uh, Binance. Now, we've talked about Binance in regards to the... Uh, where did you just take me? Why did this just happen? What is going on? Okay, so here we go. Um, Kevin Watts talked a lot about Binance in regards to Monero manipulation. It could be that they are issuing paper Monero. Um, we do know that there's a big short position out on Monero. And the speculation is a lot of this 
funny stuff could be happening on Binance. And go watch Kevin Wad's latest video on that. He goes into detail uh, about rapid listing and how that connects with their takeover of Wazir, which is an Indian exchange. Interesting stuff there. It sounds like Binance is just into a whole lot of sketchy stuff behind the scenes. But uh, Binance is strongly interlinked with Tether. And why, in my opinion, represents a major potential liquidity problem. Um, so that's interesting. That is interesting. And you could dig into all this stuff. I don't want to make this exclusively about Tether. But uh, yeah, Strike has phased out Tether, the use of Tether for remittances. Um, Binance is uh, under a lot of speculation. So, yeah, you could look into all this stuff. It's a really great thread. Binance is under investigation by the Justice Department and IRS. I believe they're under investigation in uh, the U.K. as well. In late April, Germany's financial watchdog has warned investors that Binance has probably violated securities rules over its launch of trading in stock tokens. Um, now, how much of this has to do with Tether? Who knows? But uh, 55% of Bitcoin purchases <clears throat> are, connect, are conducted with Tether. So, amazing. If there's an issue with Tether, given that it's 60% of the stable coin market, I mean, that could leave a big power vacuum, right, for something else to take its place. And with Haven 2.0 on the way, with private X assets coming into the scene, uh, yeah, there's a lot of bullish potential there. Um, yeah, so Jay Powell and the Bank of England are both looking deeply into stable coins. So let's listen to Yellowstone here. To date, cryptocurrencies have not served as a convenient way to make payments, given, among other factors, their swings in value. Nonetheless, coins tied to the value of the dollar or another currency, known as stable coins, have emerged as a new way to make payments. These stable coins aim to use new technologies in a way that has the potential to enhance payments efficiency, speed up settlement flows, and reduce end user costs. But they may also carry potential risks to those users and to the broader financial system. For example, although the value of a stable coin may be tied to the value of a dollar, these coins may not come with the same protections as traditional means of payment, such as physical currency or the deposits in your bank account. Therefore, as stable coins use increases, so must our attention to the appropriate regulatory oversight frame. This includes paying attention to private sector payments innovators who are currently not within the traditional regulatory arrangements applied to banks, investment firms, and other financial intermediaries. Technological advances also offer new possibilities to central banks, including the Fed. In particular, technology now enables the development and issuance of central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs. A CBDC is a new type of central bank liability issued in digital form. While various structures and technologies might be used, a CBDC could be designed for use by the general. So it also could be that uh, competing for that open market share that Tether would leave open if there was a serious problem with it is a central bank digital currency. And maybe the issues 
um, underlying tether, if there's a serious problem, right, maybe Evergrande and the downfall of China's commercial real estate industry uh, causes a big problem with tether, which then causes a big problem in cryptocurrencies, which causes a big problem in uh, the retail finances amongst Westerners, um, not so much in the Chinese sector now because they've banned it. But uh, all this, as Jay Powell has said before, could lead to, quote unquote, financial instability. And so maybe if that happens, and I'm just being totally speculative here, by the way, I, I don't know. But maybe if that happens, they roll out the CBDC and then problem reaction solution. There you go. Right there. Uh a good use case for the CBDC. So um, just an interesting thread right there, some interesting topics of conversation. I'd like to know what you guys think about all that. Let me know in the comments. So let's get to Haven. A lot of exciting developments going on with this project. And so um, Haven Protocol, they say right here, what is Haven 2.0? And again, we talked about this with Hawk. Um, it's the project's most si significant upgrade to date. It will re-enable X-asset conversions using an overhauled plus audited code base. Let's dig in. And respected people in the space, like Seth for Privacy and some others, they've said some positive things about the people working on the audit of the Haven Protocol code. Um, and there is good reason to believe that with this Haven 2.0 rollout, uh, we're going to have a lot more stability. We're going to have a lot more confidence in the uh, workings of this project. And it is a complicated project fundamentally because they're working with oracles and, you know, you've got to defend against arbitrage. And there's just a lot of moving parts, as with ThorChain, which we're about to get to. Also a very complicated thing. But um, when these things roll out, oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. And they're going to interlink together. But he says, first thing is first, you're... XHV won't change. It's the same coin. Um, most importantly, Haven 2.0 will re-enable Haven to XUS dollar and XUS dollar to X asset conversions like X Bitcoin, X Euro, X Silver, etc. So you go from your Haven to XUS dollar, and then you go from XUS dollar to these other X assets, which give you exposure to different markets privately, which is great. I mean, the potential is just amazing. I mean, think of all of the different things that you could get exposure to if they really get this to work. I mean, maybe oil, uh, maybe real estate investment trusts. Zab, you talked about that. Really great idea. Really promising stuff there. But um, so he then says, after the attacks, which we talked about a little bit, we promised the Haven community a number of things. Overhaul, overhauled code base, excuse me, security upgrades, robust testing, external review and auditing, and more developers, more devs, yes, plus use of developer fund to support this work. We're proud to say we've made significant progress on each front. Um, it was immediately clear after the attacks that Haven needed a new transaction validation to prove mint and burn asset types in addition to existing conversion validation proving mint and burn values. So that's pretty promising. Uh, devs wrote this validation, tested it extensively, and had it analyzed by CypherStack, world-leading experts in cryptography and Monero. And look, if you're working on Monero and you're respected within the Monero community, which, you know, half the time when I'm on the, you know, Monero Reddit, it's just like, is this about Monero or is this about, like, quantum physics? Like, what's going on here? 
very smart people and um, very trusted. Again, as they say, world-leading. So good stuff. After final audits, it will be deployed in Haven 2.0, closing the attack vectors used against Haven this summer. So Cypher stack on the case, which is great. Uh, next, developers completely overhauled and refactored the Haven codebase. This refactoring made the code cleaner and more efficient, um, helping with peer review, auditing, debugging, and future development. So, and remember, Haven is based on Monero. So developments that happen in Monero and Monero is working on, uh, as far as Justin German guy says, excuse me, increasing the ring size from 11 to 16, offering it more privacy, that privacy is going to be translated over to Haven because they operate on the same code base. So the great developments that we talk about all the time on this channel happening with Monero is going to also happen to the base protocol on Haven. So just think about that. Great stuff. Haven 2.0, back to his tweets. Haven 2.0 has been through penetration testing for months by an external Monero expert. Helped us think like adversaries plus defend against future attack vectors the result a stronger and more resilient protocol another update fix x bitcoin to prevent free arbitrage and again that's another thing that they're taking very much into account um must be very complicated but they're working on it x assets now have 48 hour locks 0.5 percent conversion fees 80 percent fee burn um and it's already deployed on the main net it will go live when conversions re-enabled in Haven 2.0. Man, I'm getting excited. This is great. This is going to be amazing. So now they have the bug bounty program uh, with rewards of $100,000 to offer uh, insights into significant issues. So improved X asset mixing. I mean, they're working on so much, guys. This is amazing. It should be out soon. Um... Should be out here pretty soon. They're just doing some more stuff on the test net. The X Chad Army. I love it. Maybe I'll just call you the X Chads. I was like, I came up with Haven Mavens, X Chads. I don't know, bro. X Chads would assume that most of you are dudes. Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> X Chads, it is. Uh, it's not clear Haven would have survived the attacks with Summer without the X Chads. Uh, great stuff. And. Key point here, and we're about to go into this. We're excited to work on everything else we have planned. Finishing ThorChain integration, new wall options, expanding access to Haven all over the world, and more. Haven is the future of private money, and Haven 2.0 will be a significant win for financial privacy. I think that's right. So that's great. Very, very good. So Haven Protocol now has this tweet, and this is from today. Uh, the future of private money is coming. ThorChain MCCN is back in mainnet around the corner. Haven 2.0 is under financial audit and ready to launch soon. This integration will change everything. I think it will. And the price is kind of reflecting this, right? Uh, people are getting excited about this. This is Haven versus Bitcoin. You're seeing some uptrend here. It's very slight, but you can notice it. Um, it's kind of in a bullish phase right now, which is good. Now, if you look at the dollar value here um it looks like it's kind of trading within a range going back to uh mid-october but i think there is excitement brewing under the surface you're starting to see 
Uh, Eric Voorhees comment more on this and, uh, you know, influential guy right there. So, yeah, Zab is like, yeah, here we go, here we go. But uh, let's go to Thorchain because I have not talked about Thorchain at all here on the channel. We'll do a quick overview of what it is. Um, frankly, I'm not an expert on this topic, so I just wanted to throw that out there. And it looks pretty complicated, but basically what they do is decentralized cross-chain liquidity uh, provision. And it's a DEX. It's a decentralized exchange. And what makes this different is that you can use native tokens rather than wrap tokens, which you do on the Binance chain and the Ethereum uh, DeFi world. <laughs> I, I'm unfamiliar with DeFi. Go talk to Chris Black or something like that about it. I'm very newbie in that regard. But um, ThorChain util utilizes Cosmos and all of these... Uh, very technical things. So basically what they do, guys, uh, ThorChain is aiming to accomplish something with a lot of moving pieces like we talked about. And ThorChain basically allows users to swap tokens across different chains without having to wrap or use intermediary pegged tokens. Um, so instead of using a centralized exchange like Convoy, Coinbase, goodness, I need my coffee. Coinbase to trade Bitcoin or Ethereum. Thorchain would make it possible to do so without ever losing custody of your assets. Cool, bro. Yes, Thorchain is non-custodial, meaning that you retain full control of your digital assets as you exchange them. Cool. So it's decentralized finance without wrapped coins. And you can get yield, according to Eric Voorhees. Um, I think he said you could get 17% with your Bitcoin. So he says right here, all below assets now trade on Shapeshift. Uh, they are native, no limits, no counterparty risk, no KYC, no fees, nor added spread. Um, and they're, I guess, going to employ ThorChain for this stuff, which is cool. So go ThorChain. Very good. And that's ticker Rune. Um, full disclosure, I don't have any. So I do wish them luck. Nevertheless, it seems pretty cool. I'm still banking on Havana. I think Havana is going to be sick. Private peer-to-peer -peer exchange. I think a lot of people are going to use that. But I imagine somehow that's going to interlink into ThorChain and just make a whole new world of decentralized private finance. Um, because Monero, Haven, etc., they're going to be... Um, used hella in this new decentralized finance world and environment. And we've talked about the secret network, how Monero is going to be integrated into that. Monero is going to be one of the main coins used as collateral for private DeFi on that level. And then, of course, you have Darrow, and somehow that's going to play into this as well. So very cool stuff happening. Uh, ThorChain, um, they made a tweet. They said assets like Haven, Monero, or Zcash. Wow, we like Monero and haven but they will be eventually integrated into thorchain it will offer a decentralized censorship resistant and permissionless swap possibility so that's great that's great um that's going to be huge very few people are willing to put a price tag on privacy before they need it it might end up being one of the most important features of the protocol 
There is no solution for layer one native decentralized permissionless and censorship resistant swaps at this moment. Yeah, so that's going to be huge. And I know Haveno is sort of working on that swaps. I'm not sure about. Basically, it'll be peer-to-peer atomic swaps if they integrate everything properly, which, again, is just like mind-blowing stuff. But, uh, yeah, to have both ThorChain working on that and Haveno working on that, the future is bright for our lovely privacy coin. So very, very cool stuff. So is there something I wanted to get to here? I don't think so. We talked a little bit about that. I mean, this is just well over my head in many cases. But, yeah, it's a DEX, and you can swap and stuff. It's cool. So this is a cool tweet as well. He's talking about the necessity for something like Haven in this new uh, financial panopticonical system. I haven't used that word in a while. We haven't used uh, panopticonical in a while. Panopticonical technocratic, totalitarian, whatever. We've used all these words. But yeah, he's like, yeah, Haven's going to be very important. It's going to be key, uh, especially in a world of CBDCs. And this uh, walrus-looking fella, he's saying that we're basically going to allow central banks to have completely, complete control over people's privacy with, um, <clears throat> with the central bank digital currency. So that's going to be amazing. And... Yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. We talked about this in our MasterCard Carbon Footprint video. Um, They're releasing a uh, carbon credit card, which is going to limit your payments um, based on your carbon footprint, not your credit limit, as has been the case for a while. Um, So that's great. Uh, What else is going on? Yeah, you could go read all that. Uh, I just want to skip to this part. I'm kind of tired, to be honest with you. When Haven succeeds, Monero prospers. This is from our buddy Zab. Thank you, Zab. It goes both ways. Try not to pay attention to the closed-minded maxis that exist on both sides. There's a synergy at play, and it's beautiful. Yes, yes. And a lot of the maxis don't like my channel. That's become quite evident. But I think that there are many great projects trying to do many great things in our space, and I fully support all of them. I think that um, it's great, the work that is being done with Haven. I think that the potential and the possibilities that lie within the Haven Protocol are asymptotically approaching infinite. <laughs> like, it's going to be huge. I mean, you're going to be able to have a private uh, asset portfolio that nobody knows about in a, in a world where you're having the establishment of centralized asset registries in places like Europe, which we've talked about. Uh, this is very attractive. This is very attractive. And of course... We've talked about the crackdowns on, um, you know, offshore tax havens, the new global minimum tax, which is rolling out so that uh, corporations working wherever can't stash their cash in different countries in order to escape tax in other countries. Uh, And that's probably going to move its way down to individuals, the billionaires, and then everybody else as well. So having private assets is going to be something which is without... A price tag in the future. It's going to be so, so important. So I think Haven is doing absolutely great work with this, and I'm very happy about that. So good job, Haven team. Good job, Zab. 
And he has a great comment right here. He says, Monero developers will constantly be looking to push the boundaries of privacy, innovation, and cryptography. Haven prospers from that hard work via updates to the base layer, as we talked about the ring size increases. So that's great. And then Seraphis is on the way. There are other great things on the way. It's only right that Monero should share in any of Haven's advancements in the space. I agree. We're on this together. We want freedom, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we talked about that. Talked about that. Here's the Thor chain, the Thor chain price, which is going nuclear. Good stuff. Shaboom, boom, boom. On the way up. All the way up. Very cool. So that's it. That is it. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I know some of you are like, can you make these videos more concise? I really struggle with that. Again, if you guys like want to, you know, have me send you MP4 clips so that you could cut it up however you want to and share it however you want to, maybe make your own channel. I don't care. Somebody had gotten in touch with me on the last video that we did. He's like, hey, bro, could I do uh, like Spanish translations of your videos and put them out? I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. We got to get the info out. That's what this is all about. Don't ask my permission. Just do it. I, I ain't going to, you know, send Gary Gensler after you or something. Like, just... We need to get the intel out. It's about just waking people up and having them understand the value of what it is we're into, the value of our community, and the great things that the future holds if we really get this stuff off the ground. So that's it. Monero Mateo, um, check out social media links below, donation links below. Uh, check us out on Odyssey. Thank you again, everybody, for coming to Odyssey. Check us out on Telegram for the base takes. And that is it. I'll see you guys soon. God bless.